ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 33 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe, and I'm joined by Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. Hello. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Good talk. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> Can that just be the cold open sentence, then going to the actual uh, podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done a cold open for a long time. That's true. We're not funny anymore, before we record, Aww. apparently. <laughs> uh, and of course, you've heard him already, but Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I've had a nap, so I'm roaring and ready to go. Wow, roaring and ready to I, go. I had a nap. What am I, fucking six? Jesus. <laughs> I, I like how you've gone from, in, in the space of two weeks, you've gone from, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm out of breath, I've just rushed from work and I've just got in and, and eaten. And this week you're like, oh, oh just uh, got up from a nap. I've, got a week off. I've had a week off work. Well, I'm having a week off work. So Nice, nice. Sounds like it's doing you good. Yeah. <laughs> Chilled right out. Greg has had a very good day today, and we're going to talk about that in detail in a little bit later. So, Sean, what have you been playing this week? Uh, so I delved into PlayStation Now, and I have played about 30 PlayStation Now games because... So I, I got the subscription, I got ahead of my free trial, and that, that kind of expired. And then I saw that they added a couple more games. So they added Hollow Knight, um, Void Heart Edition, and they've added Shadow of War. Yeah, so I just and yeah, so I just thought I'd, I'd jump back in. Uh, it seemed like the, the price is decent enough for me now to just to think, okay, it's just another subscription. It's not that massive. So I've just been sampling everything. So it's been like crazy, and I'll be honest, the game selection is pretty damn good now. But it it's not good if you want to play any of the PS3 games because the lag is still terrible. And especially when I've confessed to it already, but I'm slowly sliding back into trophy collecting and and wanting those 100 percent and Unfortunately, the lag on some of these games means that playing on the hardest difficulty, which is like something I usually do, I usually start a game on the hardest difficulty, it just feels impossible because the combat, I think it was Mars Warlogs or something like that, a game that came out on the PS3. I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, it's from Spiders, they make good, like, decent RPGs, I'll try that. Jesus Christ, the lag was so terrible, and I was dead in the first fight in about 10 seconds. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? The PS4 that's game. In, that's interesting because I haven't discovered that. I don't know if it may be because my internet's maybe a little faster than yours, but I mean, I was playing like Sonic Generations and all that. And, you know, Sonic is a good test for lag because obviously it's razor sharp and it's super quick movements and things. And it seemed to be okay on my end, at least. That is probably a stoke thing. You know, just as well as I do, that, that my internet connection is as variable as the weather. So, <laughs> you know, if the wind's not blowing in the right direction, I'm not getting Wi Fi. So it's maybe it's just a Stoke thing. Maybe it's just, but the, the thing is, the PS4 games that you can download, there's so many of them now that I'm starting to think that I might just keep up the subscription anyway. Um, I've also been playing, I've been replaying through some more of Children of Mortar. I've now got 90% of a review written. It's going to be a nine out of 10. And I've really enjoyed this game, I'll be honest. It's cool. It's one, it, it completely divorces itself from all the, the crappy staples of roguelites and does really nice things with a narrative that's like family orientated and family driven and it's cool and i've also been playing mega aquarium i've i've had to go i got I got stuck on, on my retread through so i've had to drop it down to easy because i completely botched my aquarium and i couldn't get enough visitors in because i'd made it too small so <laughs> i had to ditch a load of progress again and that's been my week and i've, I've just started lone sword 
Winter Chronicles. I'm about 10 minutes in, so I don't really want to say anything. Oh, and I finished Borderlands 3. I finished hey, Borderlands 3. Well yeah, yeah. That ending was, was okay. It nice. actually got loads better towards the end. Uh, and there's the guinea pigs sucking on their water bottle. Thanks, guinea pigs. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's been my week. Cool. So, what have I been playing? I haven't really been playing all that much now I think about it. I've been away the last couple of days, so it's been a bit... I've been playing Fortnite, I guess, is the big one. Again, nearly got this battle pass all done and dusted. Very nearly at 100. Taking huge advantage of these supercharged XP modes and all these missions. The challenges, the new one just started today. We're recording this on Thursday, the 7th of November. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just having a good time with it now. I'm just seeing out the battle pass. I think once that's done, I heard there was an endgame after the end of the battle pass. I don't know if that's true or not, but um, I'm going to see what happens. It normally isn't, if I remember rightly. So that should be interesting. But yeah, just powering through. Need to get that fusion skin, man. Otherwise, the kids won't think I'm cool. You know what I mean? Well, Logan thinks you're cool. Ah, cheers, Logan. You're legend. So yeah, me, me, my stepson and Ross played Fortnite earlier. And after three games, my stepson came down to me and said, that Ross, he's a cool guy. (laughs) That is the biggest kind of compliment you can get from my stepson. So bravo. Well done. Ah, uh, what an honor. No, it was good fun. He knows what he's talking about. He was, he was asking me things like, uh, what what tier is my skin? I'm like, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he... <laughs> I don't know what these things mean. <laughs> I'll, I'll say to him, do you, like, do you want to play for like four and a half or half an hour? And he'll go, yeah, no problem. And 20 minutes later, I walk into his bedroom and he's still farting around with skins. Like, what should I play as? What should I play as? I said, like, you haven't got time for a match now, buddy. Like, <laughs> you're too busy dressing up your doll. Oh, oh it's fun. But yeah, that's uh, that's been most of my week, really. I'm waiting on a week on Tuesday. This small game comes out called Shenmue 3 that I'll be looking forward to. So I think I'm just kind of like clearing space, awaiting its presence. I've been playing a bit more of Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Tokyo 2020, which is out. Well, it'll already be out by the time you listen to this, but it's out tomorrow when we record it. And it's a great old time. It's a really, really fun game. It's not a uh, it's not a massive revolution of the uh, the franchise. My review is up on fingerguns.net right now if you'd like to give it a read. But it's good fun. It's nice to jump in, in and out, and uh, play some rugby sevens with Knuckles going up against Robotnik. What a time to be alive. Honestly, it's good times. So yeah, I've been playing mostly games that are not aimed at me in my demographic by any circumstance. I uh, refuse some- to believe that. <laughs> needed something a bit different after uh, The Outer Worlds which I still need to jump back into. Maybe I'll do that this week. Although the releases this week are pretty insane. But anyway. So, Mr. Greg Hicks, aside from that thing that we're going to talk about in a minute, what have you been playing this week? Cast your minds back to when we started the podcast and to all regular and new listeners that are catching up. You remember my ongoing battle with Sekiro and how I gave it, I traded it in because I couldn't do the final boss? Yes. I did the fucking final boss yesterday! Oh my god! Yes! Give a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Yes! I was going to say, I... I really want you to insert some of the fireworks. Not only did I do the final boss on the save that I was stuck at, prior to that, I'd started a new game save and did the the bad ending, which you can do midway through the game. There's a choice you make about, well, two-thirds of the way through. And if you side with someone, you lock yourself into the bad ending. That's the shorter version of the game. But So I did that, and then in my, my feelings of empowerment, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go back to my previous save and this is about eight o'clock last night i mean i did the thing yesterday i did bad ending yesterday morning then came back to Sakira about eight o'clock last night but you know what i'll give it a bash five hours later <laughs> five hours later i did it and i couldn't scream and yell and go fucking yes because it was like half one because <laughs> it was half one of the morning so i kind of had to like do a contained little like ee! 
I've done it. So yeah, the ongoing saga. I finally finished it, which is great because I really wanted to get it out before uh, get it done before Death Stranding came out. Very so I've been. I don't know, thank you very much. It's taken me a while. And I bet all the play- people that have finished it, they're going, yeah, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I have been playing a game called Valfaris, which is like metal contra, and like proper heavy metal. It's like the heavy metal version of Space Marine. Every time you pick up a, a new weapon, you actually start headbanging. Like, wow, okay, this is cool. That's cool. Put it as nails. But, right. So I'm enjoying it. So that, that review should be up soon. Uh, I've been playing a bit more Outer Worlds, still cracking on with that slowly. But the big one, we're today, as it turned up a day early, Death Stranding. All right, let's get into this. Our first topic of the week is Greg's been playing Death Stranding. Oh my goodness me, it's finally happened. Yeah, a day early. A day early, thanks to Amazon? No, I actually gambled on and got lucky this time with Shop 2. Wow. They must have just gone, oh shit, it's Greg. Remember that last time? Yeah. we got to make sure he gets it. Yeah. Hand-delivered. By uh, Norman Reedus himself? Or? No, he's a busy man. He, he, you know, he got Troy Baker to do it. Ah, okay, yeah. <laughs> the poor man's Norman Reedus. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Greg Hicks, what do you think so far of Death Stranding? It's all right. Cool. Right, moving down. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, I'm not going to lie and say it's the best game ever, because I'm only like an hour in, and I'm really sick of hearing the band Low Raw. I've never heard of it before. Yeah. <laughs> fucking don't want to anymore they are dreary they're the most dreary band in the world but you can't turn the music off you, you walk around the landscape and you just hear this whiny dad metal not dad metal like dad rock it's not even dad rock it's just fucking boring but, uh, <laughs> can i just stab my own ears out with some knitting needles please so it's gonna be off my street then yeah dad rock dad rock. well it's not even dad rock it's it's like dad ambient is it um, is it is it socks and sandals music oh just just it's more like bonnie there like it's oof yeah, oof, indeed. <laughs> yeah, American indie. Uh, yeah, Great. Just, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just part of the ambience. So you are walking around, you know, and it has this. I will say that the the weight mechanic is a bit annoying when you've got too much on you. But I won't give anything away story wise. But like one of the early missions, uh, you've got quite a chunky thing on your back, and as you're walking, you, your balance goes. As if you've got like a heavy backpack, and it'll be like, oh, press L. You know, you know, like games have that mechanic where you're walking across a tightrope, and it'll say like use L and R trigger to balance yourself out. Yes. You have that. It does it way too frequently. You'll be walking on flat ground, flattish ground, considering the environment, and it's just like, oh, balance, balance. I'm like, oh, it was funny the first time. And you have to, you can hold, you can hold L2 and R2 to, when it says to grip, like when you're stumbling down stuff, it means grip, uh, it means grip your, uh, your, your cargo on your shoulders. It doesn't mean right. grip the ground. It means grip your, uh, like your shoulder straps. And you just find yourself walking, holding those two but it slows your sprint down. So that is a little bit annoying that early on in the game, but it's I think that's just to give you an example of it because that, that is one large item on your back. When yeah. you start loading up different things, it'll be down to you to do the weight management side of it. So I was that, watching that. Um, yeah, I was watching that stream and it's just like, it was it was quite strange watching it. It is like a tight rope, you're right. And it's like, he was like drunk walking home. Yeah. <laughs> so it must be, is it, is it quite easy to control? It looks a little fiddly. It's... I mean, that is the bulk of the, the gameplay is going to be navigating wonky terrain. So I think it's just to teach you to get used to it. It's not terrible, but sometimes you just, you're walking and you think, oh, good, I've got a good five seconds. Oh, God, I've got to balance it again. So I get why the mechanic's there, but at the same time, it's just like, oh, come on, stop stop like pushing my patience with this. But I'll get used to it. I think it was a couple of months ago on this podcast when I said that the, the moment-to-moment like traversal of the terrain would be the thing that makes or breaks it. Because if it wasn't good... 
and people had already said that it was like basically a, a delivery simulator. And if that part didn't click with people, then it would just be a massive failure. And, and it's not clicking with you. It's it's not so much that it's not clicking. I get why they've done it that early on as a tutorial thing. It's just there are some times where you're walking on flat ground and you think, come on, I'm not going to fall. Like, it's not pitching over that bad. But then I can't tell you what the cargo is without giving it away. So it's hard to... I can see why they've done it. And if you had that kind of cargo on your back, you would it, it would be uh, cumbersome. But it's I think it was just... I think it's just a bit stressed for the nature of the mission that early on. Yeah. But then I think that is to teach you the frustration of having to weight manage. So, I, I mean, it's hard to blanket everything and be like, that's Kojima, but maybe that's why he's done it. So, yeah. who knows? I mean, when I put some more hours into it, I, will, uh, I can tell you if that's going to be a regularly annoying occurrence or if that was a self-contained example. Kojima did say that it wasn't... He said that the game didn't really get fun until, like, was it 10 hours in or something like that? Yeah, to which a lot of people... Well, I mean, that's like most games, but a lot of the, the negative... People going, oh, I'm not going to spend 10 hours getting used to the game. Um, why not? Like, you see how many hours people put into Hitman to get that right. No one gets that right first time around. Dirt Rally, you know, no one goes, oh, I'm going to master this straight away. But I'm not going to staunchly defend Kojima on every action he's done. But I think to criticize that you need to spend at least 10 hours to get used to a game is pretty whiny. Yeah, I mean, you look at Dark Souls. It's, exactly. it's, it's, just, it's just not action orientated, is it? Which is probably where it's going to be very divisive. Yeah. You know, if it was sword fighting and it took 10 hours to get, you know, it's something exciting. Whereas walking with a unknown package on the back that you've not described and haven't told us about for good reason, it doesn't just yeah, doesn't I'm, seem I'm like... hardly I'm hardly selling the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm still on the bubble with it to get it. And, you know, well, ask, ask me in 10 hours and I'll, uh, I'll tell you. OK, <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, like the story makes no sense, which we all knew anyway, but I'm not going to have it explained to me in the first hour but it is a fantastic looking game and it's a shame that i can't share screenshots to like twitter and uh, in well i mean unless your phone displays it or whatever but uh yeah i want to take screenshots and just walk around like a like a tourist going oh click oh click because it's amazing and i mean i thought phantom pain looked good i don't i know it's not the same engine i know they moved to the decimer engine now which is the horizon engine yeah. that game looked good as well but this is just it's beautiful if it's just going to be a walking simulator in this world then I'm going to spend forever taking in the sites. But then I said the same with Shadow of the Colossus remake. It takes me ages to get to the next Colossi because I'm stopping and taking in the views. And, you know, I've said it before with Red Dead. So it's got me on that. Mm. It's a very pretty game. But the um, the product placement's a bit weird. Yeah, the Monster Energy cans, right? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. And I think what makes it more unrealistic is that he necks a can whole. I'm like, oh, no one does that. Uh, have you have you seen Sean at EGX? I've, I have stayed with Sean at EGX when he's had two in his hand going, whoo <laughs> giving away free monster and he looked like a kid at Christmas when he had one in each hand. I can I can drill a can of Monster in one go, especially that pipeline punch, that stuff. This podcast is now sponsored by Monster Energy Drink. Slash, <laughs> slash this is your intervention. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I've got five kids and I, I have like three hours sleep, sleep a night, so, you know. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts. Could it be that all the all the uh, monster in your system is only causing you to have three hours sleep a night? Luke, I'm in a vicious circle now. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I stop, <laughs> if I stop, I think it might kill me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Who knows what will happen? All if your I stop organs are working picking. on overtime, and it's just if you if you take out the fuel, it's just going to crash. Exactly. I I have no idea what will happen. Maybe I'll shrink down and be like a twelve stone weed or something, but I very much doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> The Finger Guns podcast is not affiliated with Monster Energy Drink in any way. Thank you. Just want to make sure that's in there. So, do you find yourself 
kind of excited to see what happens? Do you have a, an idea of what it is on Earth you need to do in the game more so than you did before? At this oh point? yeah, they they have explained a little bit. I mean, the trailer was really big on the whole connecting east to west, and that is literally your mission. Like the the world's gone to shit. Somebody has gone from the east to the west already and tried to set up loads of network points. It's your mission to go and turn them on, basically. Uh, that is. The, kind of the gist of it I've got so far. Norman Reedus is very anti-it. He doesn't want to do it, but he's going to get strong-armed into it anyway. And that seems to be the gist of what was laid out in the, the trailers. And every trailer we've seen so far, I think most of it's played out already. You know, the, one of the second trailers, they had the uh, Sam and the two guys, one's trapped under a truck. Have anyone yes. recall that one? Yeah, that's already happened. So that's that's happened quite early on. The, the bit where he's holding the baby, and it disappears, and then he comes back to life and... You see the baby in his stomach. That's already happened. So the trailers weren't giving much away because it's happened so early on. So putting them all together, it's made a bit of sense. But it's a small, small part of the narrative. So all the trailers we've seen aren't... I'm sure there's bits of like the later game in some of the trailers, but a lot of the trailers we've seen already have happened like sequentially. So it's watching them separately would make no sense. Watching them in the order they've played out in the story now, and it's like, oh, okay, that is setting up the world and what does happen and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Yes. Please tell me I wasn't talking bollocks then. I was trying to phrase <laughs> out in my head. No, I mean, the whole, big the, whole about, <laughs> the whole thing about Death Stranding is, like, for three years, we've had no idea what this thing is and what it's about. And so it's nice to get, you know, a kind of monochrome of content. Yeah, like like I said, I'm only, like, I've, I've played about two hours today because I had a couple of things to do uh, in between. So I've only stuck about two hours in. and I'll probably go back to it after we finish recording. But... Yeah, so now that there is some context of the game, it's I don't think it's as big a mystery as everyone has made it out to be, or you know, as 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 bananas as it was initially led on to be. You know, it reminds me of the Phantom Pain reveal before it was Metal Gear. If anyone remembers that, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you watched it going, "What the hell?" And then when they revealed it was a Metal Gear Five trailer, you went, "Cool." Still no idea what's going on. And then you start playing those bits out, and you think, oh, "Okay, yeah, that's the world he's going for." I think this is it, but just more well less reined in by Konami so it's just Kojima being Kojima you know he's always been a bit pretentious and enigmatic so I think it's not as bananas as everyone's made it out to be but at the same time there's enough buzzwords floating around like the chiral network and the stranding and I've seen weird flashbacks or flash forwards I don't know of uh Mass Mickelson's character well he's not he's not even introduced yet just Mass Mickelson and I've been introduced to a couple of key characters so yeah I'm gonna see it through obviously but uh yeah yeah, I, I still can't really glean what's going on. I, I hear bits of conversation or I see bits and I think, ooh, are they teasing that character X is this? Or and it's like it's it's too early to tell yet, but I'm enjoying it. it. It's not a fast game though. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be like everyone says, it's gonna be a walking simulator of, of sorts. Have so, you met um Del Toro yet? Oh yeah, he's he's introduced pretty early. Cool. Have you met Troy Baker yet? No. Okay. No, he's a bad guy, so I'm sure he'll appear at some point. Have you met Jack nice. Keely? Yeah, I actually... No, I haven't met. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something pithy then to, uh, to aim at Ross, but no, I haven't. So yeah, it's... You know, stick with me. I'm sure this is, this is going to become my new Sekiro for the next six months. Yeah, so this is part one of Greg's impressions of Death <laughs> Part one of 136. Yeah. Until Final Fantasy comes out. Well, that's episode one of seven. And... Oh, God, man. We can start a whole show, I think, with Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh... Remake impressions. So, uh, Sean, where are you on Death Stranding at the moment? Are you on the fence? Are you going to go full Kojima? Or are you going to rein it in and wait for something else? Well, I, I've kind of bounced off the last 
two Metal Gear Solid games because of the story. And I, I quite like the action, but I, in fact, the last three, I didn't like four as much, to be honest. And I just, you know, the, what Kojima thinks he's good at, I don't think he's as quite as good as, he's, as he thinks he is. And if Greg is right and that, you know, I'm kind of waiting for Greg to give me the, the yay or nay. And this feels like, well, I mean, if it I'm, is... I'm going to say, I'm going to say yay anyway, like take a punt on it. But at the same time, like, I can't tell you what to buy. And, you know, I was going to be biased from day one because I'm a staunch Metal Gear fan, but I can't make you, I can't make you like a game. You know, we've had some before where I've been like, yeah, this game's great. And everyone's gone, eh, or vice versa. So, yeah. I don't want to sell you a 50 quid game and you go, cheers then, that was shit. No, no, the thing is that, like, I, I trust your opinion on this because, you you know, you've got a decent taste in games anyway. The general discourse around Death Stranding has been so confusing because you've got some people online saying it is a masterpiece. It's a massive, massive symbolic impression of Western politics about Brexit, about Trump, about, you know, the division in America between the Democrats and the Republic and trying to bring everyone back together and all that kind of stuff. And then you've got other people going, yeah, it's just about delivering boxes. And there doesn't seem to be like any middle ground. I'm trusting you to give me an honest opinion of what you think and whether you, like, I'll, I'll probably ask you off, you know, once you've had some more time with it, whether any of that symbolism that Kojima's kind of maybe taken credit for when maybe he probably shouldn't have done. Because yeah. whether that feels like it's symbolism or maybe that was like a happy coincidence that he was developing a game about from east to west or whatever and it just so happened to fall in line with the current political climate. It's, I mean, it's, just... it's, it's a bit of a reach, but then I suppose you can collab- you can put any correlation between anything you watch. I mean, people are, go- people are comparing it to Brexit and it's like, um, okay, bit of a reach. Yeah. Uh, what what does annoy me though is the the knee jerk sort of shitty hot take of like oh you're just a glorified delivery man it's like ha, 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 that joke's wearing thin already. Yeah, the thing is, there's so few people actually played it, and so many hot takes to be had right now. You know, it's what the you know the entire gaming Twitter is is raving about, whether positively or negatively, and everyone wants the pasta, you know, so. I mean that 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 hot take that Chris oh, posted. I'm not going to mention it, but it rhymes with Borrens <laughs> Stontag. Um, yeah, that was just pretentious wank. That's that was too much. Uh, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to relay it all for the sake of. I'll summarize it for people who are listening. Basically, a games critic decided to go on a tirade, basically saying that people who didn't quite get Death Stranding were being too critical of it, and people who did get Death Stranding were enthusiasts and he was trying to outline the difference between, you know, critics and then gaming enthusiasts and making it such a wankery comparison. And yeah, it, it wasn't a good look. Let's just say that. And it kind of, you know, basically every game journalist then decided to weigh in on it. Apart from us, because we just sat on the sidelines laughing at tits off at everyone getting angry at each other. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a fun couple a, of days. There was a reviewer for IGN that was waiting in. It's like, hang on, did you review it? Because you gave it a terrible score. <laughs> yeah. It, well, not a, ter- not a terrible score, but a classic IGN score. I thought, hang on, you can't defend it. Well, you can't, you can't in one hand say, hang on, stop it, whilst you're also putting the boot in. I, that, was, they... um, that was a fascinating kind of like fallout from that IGN review. Because IGN have got, you know, a real bad kind of attitude when it comes to reviews and their responses to their, their kind of readers' responses to their reviews. If it's 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10, oh, they've been paid off. 
oh, obviously Sony gave them all the money for the review. If it's a 6.8 out of 10, they go, see, I told you Death Stranding was rubbish. It's like, what? You can't have it both ways. No. <laughs> I mean, there is the old joke, you know, you can't spell ignorant without IGN and all that. And sometimes they do just tear into a game, like, unnecessarily. I think they want to be the cool, edgy kid. You know, like, we've all done it when someone goes, oh, I like, I like Band X. And you go, oh, I don't like them as shit. And it's like, well, you probably... You probably find that most times people do, but they don't want to admit it. I think sometimes IGN tries that too hard. But uh, yeah, the, the the hot take and then the reply to the hot take was just a bit like, stop trying to be the cool kids by being indifferent or contrarian about a game that people are looking forward to. Like, I think it was just being contrary for the sake of being contrary. Like, oh, we're we're edgy reviewers. It's like, oh, give it a rest. Sorry, uh, Sean, I interrupted you then. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> I can't for the life of me remember what, we, like, what I was saying. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Do you want it or not? Is <laughs> what we were getting at. I'm like I say, I'm going to wait on what you say because genuinely, it's one of those games where I feel like I need to play it to really experience it because, like, there isn't a review out there, and there are a lot of reviews out there that I would trust, but they are these are reviewers who normally all side with you know they all say a game is good or they all say a game is bad, and right now, you know, they are all very varied. So the the critics I usually trust are completely at ends with each other. So I haven't got a clue what to think about it. And like I said, I've got so much other stuff to play. He said it takes 10 hours to get into a game. And I'll be honest, 10 hours for me is, you know, at the minute, very valuable time. So if it is if it is that it never gets good, I know I've been told there's like a turn three quarters of the way through the game where things get really good. But also this guy said the game was cack. So... What the fuck am I supposed to believe now? <laughs> you, were saying, like... um, you were saying earlier off the podcast when we were talking on Slack about it, about how reviewers have made their reviews about themselves. Oh, yeah. The, the... I don't wonder if you could, uh, if you could uh, expand on that a little in regards to this game, which seems to be one of those games that is a very personal experience for people. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. There's no way of telling someone it's good until they play it themselves yeah and that's part of part of being a critic is being able to see what what is good and why it's good and why something is bad but a lot of these critics have turned these turned their review into like a reflection of what they think about kojima so like you know that there are some critics out there who have freely admitted that they have enjoyed immensely everything that kojima's done think he's one of the greatest auteurs of our you know generation and I doubt that they were ever going to give it a less than 10 out of 10. There are other people that hate those people that have played the game and liked it, but wouldn't give it a good score because they don't want to be look like these people who are just sucking Kojima's dick. So <laughs> it's it's a really fucking weird thing that people basically don't... They don't want any of their reviews to be a reflection on their own personal, you know, take on the game it's it's a really weird situation to be in where kojima's either he is very marmite right now you know he's people either love him or they're like oh, i'm really done with him and you know and since we started this podcast if you started listening to this podcast we both i think we've all been through the ringer on this game you know like we all start oh this is interesting what's this and then by gamescom we were all like oh fuck i don't what the fuck is this like <laughs> and you know, critics have been the same, and and now they're in a situation where their reviews are literally a reflection of rather than telling people what a game is, they're telling people you should play this game because I honestly have no idea what to tell you because part of me doesn't want to tell you what I think. 
a series of freaking reviews came out. Okay, I'm going to go slightly mad. Are we going to miss the quiz this week? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be quick. But the day the reviews came out, I saw a, a critic that I usually trust say something that I really disliked. And he deleted it before anyone else saw it or liked it and retweeted it or whatever. So, like, I won't name names because I, I think he saw how shitty the take was. But basically he said that, you know, you have to be intelligent to understand this game and that anybody who didn't understand it was dumb. And I was like, hang on a minute, that's not a good take. And then on the same day, there was there was people saying, you know, if you're enjoying this game, you're dumb. If you if you've got the intelligence to question it, then you won't like it. This is why the reviews are so weird because basically reviewers are, are stuck in a really hard place where it doesn't matter what they write, they're going to get bashed over the head with it. And it's a really weird state of affairs. You've got Xbox guys now pulling up the IGM review to send it to you know loads of PlayStation guys on the on Twitter going, oh look, it's a crap game. Your 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 best game of the year is crap, and then they got them you know oh it's six axes, give it a ten out of ten. It's the best game of the year, one of the generation's best games. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I can't wait until this game is forgotten about. <laughs> Just like six months' time when we're all talking about, you know, Cyberpunk or whatever. Can't wait. Oh, no, it's just going to start all over again for Cyberpunk. And... No! <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's multi-platform. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Wow, you have to be smart to understand it. Is that guy a Rick and Morty fan, by any chance? Oh, no. Have you seen that somebody's posted that on... Somebody's posted I have the, seen Rick the, uh, the Rick and Morty Death Stranding crossover. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Oh dear. Uh, so yeah, okay, let's move on then. Any anything else to say about Death Stranding, Greg? I like it. It's not making me question my integrity as a reviewer or anything. I like it. No, I'm going ca- to carry on writing shit reviews with terrible puns in them. So yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> but you you have quite literally like five ten minutes ago saying. You don't want to give me an opinion on it just in case I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, because I like you. I don't care about the people. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, great. That's good. The uh, first most anticipated game of the year is finally in the hands of Mr. Greg Hicks, and he's very happy. So that's awesome. I know I go on about Death Stranding, and it's not for me. I know that. But I'm very happy for you, Greg, that you've got it and that you seem to be enjoying it and excited to see it through. Yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. Right then, it is now time. Four. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters, hold on to your butts, and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! very much for that wonderful introduction <laughs> welcome to the finger guns trivia challenge or whatever it's called uh so i know you're listening to this and you haven't heard what i do in order to fill up the space i need to put in the quiz intro but it's the dumbest shit and then sean gets all very excited about it and it makes me laugh sorry continue <laughs> <laughs> some editing magic there yeah so last week I got excited about something and decided to write a quiz about it. And this week I did the same. And to celebrate the release of Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC and the wrestler Adam Hangman Page being the most badass motherfucker on earth, 
I have written a quiz all about cowboy games. <laughs> uh, I thought you were, I thought you were going to say Rockstar. I was a bit excited. Yeah, I know you were, but like, you know, some of these questions, actually, it might as well be. No, it's not. There's quite a lot of questions about Rockstar, but, we, you know, we'll get into that. All right. Uh, if, you, if you've not heard this this podcast before, we're going to do a quiz. I'm going to ask the questions now, and Ross and Greg are going to answer the questions privately to themselves. And then towards the end of the podcast, well, I'm going to read out the answers, and they're going to tell me which of those is one. Ross is currently in the lead of this whole podcast. Was it 12 wins now? Uh, twelve, yeah, not to not to uh, you know, not to gloat <laughs> loud or anything. anything. Yeah. yeah, twelve indeed. Greg has is it six now? Six? Uh, no, he five still. I didn't win last week, did I? No, but you are one ahead of Paul, and I thought Paul had five. Oh uh, well, and... let's just say you've got six. <laughs> Paul, Paul plus one. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's Greg always is, Paul, plus Paul plus one, one. no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul has X. And I have one. <laughs> can you can you make sure you um, read your questions out accurately this week, so we don't have any confusions and dramas, please? I'm going to add a super to every single question. <laughs> You're going to have to take it out in order to understand it. So fuck you. I just love I... listening to last week's one. You're like, yep, yep, you're right, yep. Yeah, I, I said super. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when uh, when when Greg listened to the podcast back from last week. I I called Ross out. Yeah, because Ross said I've only got the SNES one. But then I forgot that Sean was such a git that he gave everyone the point anyway. Yeah, yeah. I really kind of wish the whole the world had opened and just swallowed me after looking down at my page and going, "Ah, oh, shit, that's just Star Wars, you dick." Anyway, let's get on with the quiz. Question one: What is the name of the main protagonist faction in Red Dead Redemption Two? Faction. The gang. Oh. Sorry, I'll translate for you, Greg. I was like, hang on, that's that's not the online bit. <laughs> <laughs> for your for your farmers. <laughs> what is the name of the main protagonist faction in Red Dead Redemption Two? Is, it, is that written down in a book anywhere? Luke here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. Is the word faction used a lot in Stoke to describe gangs? Yeah. Hey, don't don't go around chippy, love. All the factions are out having knife fights. Where do you think I'm from? <laughs> North. North. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Stokes in Yorkshire? <laughs> Is it not? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Question two. What was the name of the 2005 Western themed video game developed by Neversoft, in which you played an Apache named Cole White? Jump on it. Jump on it. Dun, dun. Sorry. Okay. You must know that song. <laughs> yeah. They had they had the radio up north, didn't they? Um, it's a new thing, but yeah, we'll get in there. We'll gather around the town hall, listen to it. Yeah, turn the wireless on. Um, so question two. What, <laughs> question two. What was the name of the 2005 Western theme video game developed by Neversoft, in which you played an Apache named Cole White? Okay, question three. What was the subtitle of the fourth and final Call of Juarez game released in 2013? Juarez. Oh, shit. That wasn't that. <laughs> Much relevant. I mean, it was shit, but... I really enjoyed this one. So fuck you both. 
So question three, what was the subtitle of the fourth and final Call of Juarez game released in 2013? Is that main game or spin-off? Because I've I know it's I know it's one of the two. <laughs> of course, it's going to be one of the two. Um, sorry, is that numbered like main wow. games or? There are there are four games in the series. Oh wait, no, I know, I know. I think I know anyway. I played okay. it. Okay, <laughs> because it was better than the other ones. Question four: Complete the name of the Stickman Western game that originally released in 2017. West of blank. Oh. Question five. Which long-running Western-themed RPG series is owned by Sony Computer Entertainment and has each installment set on a different version of the planet Felgaia? Question six. What is the name of the first ever Old West themed video game, which also spawned the longest running video game franchise of all time? Which you should know because this was a question like six weeks ago. I was going to say that, but I didn't want it to be a clue. No, I'm, I'm doing callbacks now. We're coming it's... towards the... Go on. No, sorry, go on. I don't know what I was going to say now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, question six. What is the name of the first ever Old Westian video game which also spawned the longest running video game franchise of all time? Mm. Question seven. Name one of the two Nintendo games in which you can dress Mario like a cowboy. Question seven. Name one of the two Nintendo games in which you can dress Mario like a cowboy. Question eight. Just sorry, just to confirm, one of the two games. One of the right. two. Okay. Thank you. Question eight. Name the Overwatch character that dresses like a Wild West cowboy and wields a six shooter revolver. Question 8. Name the Overwatch character that dresses like a Wild West cowboy and wields a six-shooter revolver. I've never played Overwatch. Mm. That's a shame. It isn't it. <laughs> You're going to hate this question then. Question 9. Which Mortal Kombat character hails from the American Old West and made his in-game debut in Mortal Kombat X? Oh, so much Greg bias. We never played a Mortal Kombat game. Okay. Don't give me don't give me Greg bias when I asked 
which name one of two Nintendo games where you can dress up like Mario like a cowboy. Yeah, I kind of spell <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> okay, and last question. Question 10. Which game created by Oddworld Inhabitants is set in an old West-inspired setting and stars a bounty hunter? I miss the Oddworld games. There's another one coming soon. Oh, I also don't miss them that much. I didn't know about that. <laughs> and that was today's quiz. That was a tough one. I've decided to do themed ones because I think they're a bit tougher. Saying that, I thought the Star Wars one was tough, and you got 10 out of 10. Yeah, I did. You made so, it tough with your bad pronunciation. <laughs> I made it easy with my bad, bad pronunciation. Bad, 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 bad. <laughs> <laughs> Words good. <laughs> me too. Really pronunciation badly. <laughs> <laughs> I could have produced uh, words. <laughs> right then, we are going to go into some news. And... There's been some big changes over at PlayStation Worldwide Studios. Eurogamer, I've got this one. I'm going to read it from Mr. Tom Phillips. The great Tom Phillips. You should follow him on Twitter. He's very funny. Guerrilla Games boss Herman Holt, PlayStation's new head of Worldwide Studios, WWS, as in Worldwide Studios. He takes over from Sean Layden, who departed the company last month. At Guerrilla, Holt most recently oversaw the, the successful launch of Horizon Zero Dawn. Seen as a major new franchise for PlayStation, I worked with Kojima Productions to help get the imminent Death Stranding out the door. Former Worldwide Studios boss Shuye Yoshida, he wore past us once at EGX, do you remember that? I do, what a hero. Yeah. Well, it was good times. Former Worldwide Studios boss Shuhei Yoshida, who more recently had served in a different role as its president, is given a new job looking after third-party indie games, focusing on celebrating external developers that are creating new and unexpected experiences for the gaming community. Yoshida will report directly to Jim Ryan, the former PlayStation Europe chief who became boss of the entire PlayStation business earlier this year. So, Mr. Sean Davies, you wanted PlayStation to focus on indie games. Now they have Shuhei in charge. Such an amazing thing. I don't know if you have ever like followed what Yoshida-san does like around shows and, you know, he, he basically goes to shows and doesn't set appointments and just walks around and plays games. And this is why, like, you know, why he walked past us at EGX. He, he isn't the guy to, like, do a presentation and then disappear. He's, he often spends time at, like, uh, you know, the China Joy and the developed conferences, just walking around playing games. So the guy has, like, he's got his ear to the ground and he's, he's in with a lot of developers. And he's, earlier in his career, he was very involved with, like, Mike Bithell and the strategic content team from the UK that did like basically helped launch the Vita and the PlayStation 4. So he knows he knows his shit and it is a brilliant, brilliant appointment. It's it, the best we could have hoped for, basically, out of this re reshuffle. I mean, I say we. People who like weird shit games that like, you know, ten people like, like me. <laughs> <laughs> the other nine of us are celebrating. <laughs> But this is good because I remember you saying on the podcast a few weeks ago that Sony seems to be uh, losing their way in terms of indie games. Like Nintendo have grabbed the bulk of Devolver's recent output and you feel that PlayStation should have been in a position to maybe do that themselves. So do you think Shuhei is going to have that foot in the door to the games like My Friend Pedro? and stuff back onto PlayStation. Having someone like Shuhei in position 
will have will mean that they have they have somebody to focus on that, which isn't something they have now. What they have now is, and there's a there's a brilliant interview with Jim Ryan at GameIndustry.biz, who talks about basically what's happened at Sony over the last couple of months. Because obviously, you know, Sean Layden left, um, the Japan president left, Geo Corsi's left. Um, so many iconic people who've been there for basically the entire PS4, most of the PS3, some of them since PS2 days, they've all gone. And people were starting to worry that there was something weird going on. And this interview, he goes in to say, basically, rather than a lot of people have accused Sony of becoming like an American company in the last year or so, basically they've, they've shedded a lot of their you know regional branches and they've become one company. And what he's saying is that basically globalization is what they want now. And being able to go global means that they can have one team doing three different nations. So basically Asia, Europe and America, they can have one team doing all of that simultaneously rather than having three teams doing three different things. And it all makes sense. And finally, Sony putting out messaging that's basically saying, yeah, we've been quiet because we're setting up to deliver the PS5 in the best possible way we can and part of that is to engage indie devs and that is a freaking amazing message because nobody's been speaking to indie devs indie devs have felt like they've been pushed out there's a reason why devolver have put almost all of their games on the nintendo switch yes the nintendo switch is currently the most that the, you know the console on which people buy games you know the attach rate for the nintendo switch is insane but to be fair the same could have been said about the early days of the vita when it was like 20 games purchased per Vita. So, you know, right now, Sony just aren't engaging with developers to say, we have a massive install base. Other game publishers and, and other console manufacturers are doing are saying, yes, we have half as many consoles to sell to than Sony does, but we will put you in a conference. We will put you in a Nintendo Direct. We will put you in sizzle reels. We will give you pride of place on the store placement. We will give you discoverability. We will put your name in all of our press releases. You know, we, we will take you to shows and put you on our ID at Xbox game, uh, Xbox stands. All of this stuff means that their games are selling better on Xbox or Nintendo Switch, despite them having half as many consoles sold. Shiwei is being brought in to basically bring Sony in line with everyone else now. And that's brilliant. Because finally, we'll get some weird shit on Sony's consoles again. Sorry, went off on one again. <laughs> no, it's good. I love that you're so passionate about this idea. Because we were talking about the PS4 launch last week. And you were saying it was those strange indies that guided you to the PS4. And it looks like that that could be what they're setting up to do for the PS5 is to yeah, bring yeah. people like yourself into the PS5 uh, ecosystem through their indies that may not be anywhere else. Yeah, you you, you can't sell a console on first. You can't sell a, a console on exclusive per, first party titles alone. You know, you look at the Wii U. Yeah, the Wii U was a, it had some decent games. But it also had almost no third-party support and no indie support. You know, the, the games that were available on there were Nintendo games, and most of them they were really good. But also, it really struggled because it didn't have the width and breadth of variety of games that people need these days. You know, people people who like fighter games also like, you know, God of War. 
people who like races also like football games. You can't just have, you know, your Horizon Zero Dawn and your God of War because people get bored. And and what Shuei can do is go out and go, hey, you, the guy building a pixel platformer that kind of looks like every other one, but hasn't actually isn't and has an amazing hook or something. Bring it to PlayStation. We'll put it on. We'll put it on the store. We'll put it on our stage. You know, this is what will sell consoles. And Sony have kind of uh, almost, you know, better late than ne- never realized that they've really took the foot off the gas in this regard over the last two to three years. And now they put somebody in place that's going to address that, and that is fantastic news for devs, for for gamers. Minecraft came out of a fucking bedroom developed by one guy. You know, you look at Dead Cells. A team of what 13 people these are some of the best games that have come out the, the last couple of years you know you look at what remains of edith finch hollow knight all of I these games hyper all of these games they they come from indie devs and they are some of the most creative stuff we'll we'll see you know children and mortar for you know that i mean that's a bigger studio but still console manufacturers need to attract and in the early days console manufacturers will have money to spend to make them exclusive and Xbox definitely aren't going to stop writing checks. Nintendo don't need to right now because they are the hot shit and everybody wants to put the games on it. But that bubble will burst and Nintendo will have to start spending money. Now is the time and Sony have made the move. It's great. And I am super chuffed. You know that's coming across. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Greg, have you got any thoughts on this? Are you happy to see the possibility of uh, more indies that you've wanted to play back on PlayStation? I was just going to say, I can't get into as passionate about it as Sean has because he's covered quite a lot of points but if I can summarise with if we can get more Devolver games on the Playstation that'd be fucking brilliant if I can get my friend Pedro and it will stop you rubbing it in about getting a Switch then yeah <laughs> I'm all for it I'll just get a Switch I mean it's there hmm buy a £15 arcade game or a 280 quid Switch hmm I mean you I'll, can get I'll Link, wait you can, you can get Link's Awakening as well oh yeah hmm. yeah I'm not letting you can see this one, though, so I'm just going to go, hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, see what happens. I mean, yeah, like we discussed last week, Resogun and Contrast and every- everybody's gone through the Rapture and all that sort of stuff. Those are some of my favorite games of the entire generation. And it's because of PlayStation's kind of out-of-the-box thinking that it uh, that it occurred. And I'm excited to see where that goes. I think there is still, you know, a swath of indies on every system. But yeah, the quality has certainly dipped in the PlayStation area. And so there's no one better than Shuhei to, to spearhead that. And everyone loves Shuhei, don't they? Everyone seems to just want to do whatever Shuhei wants. So <laughs> if he goes and knocks on Devolver's door and says, right, we need my friend Pedro on PS4 or PS5 right now, Devolver is going to go, okay, cool, let's do it. Because Shuhei is just that kind of person you want to hug. I imagine he can walk into Devolver and everyone will hug him. Like, finally! Got rid of that other guy who was in charge of it before. I don't know who it was. Who was it? Well, this is kind of an entirely new thing now, isn't it? He's got a new, oh, is it, new... Is it, is it just a new position? Yeah, so so he's kind of stepped... It's not down, it's just across. So Helmand right. from Gorillaz stepped up to take his place. Have you, have you seen that Gorilla appointed three people to replace him as co-directors of the studio that's how irreplaceable he was he had to get three people to, to take over hellman's space that's that's amazing everyone's pretty happy about that as well I've, everyone i've spoken to at sony is really chuffed that that he's got 
the position. He's he's a game developer and a director and a really good manager, apparently. So that's cool. Awesome. So long as uh, Horizon 2 comes out, I'm fine with it. Oh, you know it's coming out. Oh, I better do. Yeah, we should say, obviously, we've been talking about Shuhei a lot, but yeah, Gorillas. Herman Hulst is now the head of Worldwide Studios, which means he oversees, what, Naughty Dog, Santa Monica, Sucker Punch, Bend, Media Molecule, Insomniac. Yeah. He's, he's now in charge of all of their output, which is, you know, you can probably guess is going to be a pretty good output of games. I really hope he goes mental and just plays God. And I'm like, I want a new Sly Raccoon developed by... Suck a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just throw random IPs at people. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Naughty Dog cancelled The Last of Us to want Jack and Daxter now. <laughs> oh man, that's the dream. <laughs> Imagine such a thing. Um, is Gorilla Games is under that umbrella as well, isn't it? Are they owned by Sony? They are. Yeah. What, well, there you go. Two thousand and five, two thousand and six, and so on. Man, that's quite a promotion. Congratulations, Mister Herman Holst. You really are very busy at the moment. I want to. I'd be interesting to know what they did on Death Stranding. All I hear is that they worked with the Kojima Productions. Well, yeah, they let, the they let me use the engine, didn't they? So, and there there are eighty Guerrilla Games employees mentioned in the credits for Death Stranding. So, I doubt it was just a significant thing. I think they probably did a lot of the world building. And as it turns out, they have four four environmental design teams at Guerrilla Games right now. Because job listings are currently up for an unannounced project at Guerrilla Games, which is most definitely, definitely Horizon 2. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, so there's like a job. The soundtrack is bloody incredible. Yeah. Man, that game is so good. Isn't it? That's why we need a sequel. That's right. If you do have a shiny new HDR TV, download Horizon Zero Dawn again and put it on. My goodness. Yes, can confirm. Oh. I think that's one of the first things I did when I got mine. I went, oh, I wonder if I can carry on my Frozen Wild tape. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't finished it, but I just went, ooh, for about 10 minutes. It's no surprise that Kojima chose that engine and uh, seemingly made it look even better with Death Stranding. Oh, yes. Uh, which is quite a feat in itself, really, because Horizon was stunning, as Greg said. Uh, right. Now, Greg, I do want to ask you, because uh, your hands-on is already up, but we haven't talked about it a lot on the podcast. Uh, you went to play the Capcom Home Arcade. I did. And for our for our podcast listeners, I don't know if you can give a, a rough summation of uh, of what you thought of this uh, tiny slash massive retro console. <laughs> the, the, the maxi mini retro console. I think it's a brilliant bit of kit that uh, really captures the the arcade feel they were going for. I mean... You've got your SNES minis, SNES minis, Mega Drive minis. Right? They, they are replicating the glory days of home consoling when we were younger, which is all well and good, not knocking them. Whereas Capcom have gone, that's cool, but we're going we're gonna to relive the arcade style of gaming, which is also great. So, yeah, they've tried to replicate the, the old school days of arcade gaming, which is great in this chunky bit of kit. It's, it's nearly a meter long, but it feels vintage for a new bit of kit i mean that sounds like a really contrary thing to say but it does replicate the arcade style of gaming which is great the game selection bit hit and miss i thought i mean there are some classics on there final fight street fighter 2 the hyper fighting edition where you can play as the four bosses but then there's some that are a bit they they could have put other games on there there's like a, a mini there's like a sports collection it's like a really sort of modded smaller version of like football basketball and tennis and I mean, I'd never heard of it. And there's a Mega Man game, which is 
well, I suppose it's fitting for an arcade game. It's a, like a boss rush game, but it was a bit lost on me. They could have put, like I, I said before, they could have put like Cadillacs and dinosaurs on there, which was, again, another beat-em-up, like, like side-scrolling beat-em-up. Or they could have put uh, Marvel or X-Men versus Street Fighter on there, but, I mean, that's not strictly Capcom, is it? That would be watering the license a little bit. So, hit and miss on the game collection, but there's, I mean, it's all down to personal preference, isn't it? Depending on how many games you like of that. For me, I think, the amount of games that I know and have played would sell me over the three or four that aren't on there. And there is online functionality, so they might, because you can you can upload leaderboard scores and stuff like that. So they may, may be able to, I mean, it's Capcom, so I'm sure they can put a microtransaction on anything, but they might release hmm. more, more games or it down the line. As I said in my article, one of the biggest draws, I wasn't really aware of it. I didn't realize it had never been ported before, but it was the Alien vs. Predator arcade game. Which was bloody amazing. I sat there and played the whole thing three by myself. I had a, <laughs> nice. I had, I had a three hour slot and an hour and a half was spent on that. I loved it. It was great. So yeah, it, it's a great bit of kit. Uh, it runs really smoothly on TVs as well. Yes, there is that problem of stretching it to 16 by 9, but it's not too bad. It's not like trying to run a SNES, like an old school, like an actual old SNES on a HDTV now and going, oh Christ. So yeah, you're going to get a bit of stretch or you can have it as four by three, CRT effects, pixelated, you know, like the the, ret, like the vintage golden days of arcade game. So in that sense, it's great. It's a lovely build. It's it's not designed to play on your lap. It's definitely something you've got to put on like a tabletop or something similar. So yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big gamble, and I'll tell you why in a sec. But in the market of mini consoles, it's it's quite a nice addition. I quite liked it. It was it was cool. I mean, when it first came out or when it was first announced, I looked at it and thought that does look a bit like garish and ugly. Having played it, it's actually quite nice. It's a nice, smooth, polished bit of bit of kit. However, it's 200 quid. Now, yes. Yeah, because really you can pick up... I'm not condoning emulation, because I know it's always a grey area. You could easily download... I'm not going to tell you how, but you could download like a SNES emulator for your phone and play them all on there. So it, this the, the price is more for the quote-unquote authentic feel of arcade gaming. But then... You know, I'd rather have that on my TV than sit squinting trying to play Terranigma, which is a really hard SNES game. Oh, sorry, rare SNES game, just for the argument's sake of rarity. Um, I'd rather try and play something rare on my TV comfortably than trying to play a really rare SNES game. Look at my phone screen with my thumbs in the way. So, yeah, yeah, there's, there is the easy means of getting stuff, but then there's the actual fun of playing something like that. So mm. it really boils down to whether you look at that list of games and whether you actually are an arcade aficionado and want to justify that kind of... It, it would definitely be a, a talking point in your home because you you can't really hide it out of the way. You have to put it on a shelf somewhere. So yeah. if you've got people around and they go, what's that? It's going to be great to crack out, plug and play, HDMI straight in, let's play some Street Fighter, you know. But Do you think... I mean, there's, what, 16 games included? 16, 16 at the moment. I mean... yeah. Well, it's, so, it's, so, it's so there is space for it to be expanded. Well, I can't see why not. They didn't. They didn't there wasn't, wasn't anything mentioned about storage on there. There is a USB port on there, but that could be for possibly the addition of trying to run extra controllers on it for you know multiplayer games. I mean, they're not. They're not arcade. They're not CPS and CPS2 arcade boards in them. They're just emulations. So I don't know how much of that hardware is actually taken up with storage. Um, I've not read anything online that says it has the capacity to. I've not I've not read anything that says it's got this much of a storage space in it because I'm sure that will just lead people to go oh it's got 16 gig in there I can probably hack it and put something on there so 
I mean, I'm sure someone's probably taken one apart already, but I haven't searched too thoroughly for that kind of information. But I can't see why there wouldn't be scope to run other stuff on there, or for the for Capcom's themselves to, or Koch who are producing it, just to to get more licenses and you know send them down the line. Hmm, interesting. But then. So- it you would... think that price tag is is purely for the the model itself rather than the games. Well, included? this is this is what I was going to say. Like, if if they could release more games for it, then that would justify over the term, over time. You know, if you spent two hundred quid on it with the promise of more games coming, then that would be quite an investment. If you've got to then pay for another couple of games on top of it, it's going to be a bit of a shit business oh, it's model. Final Fantasy VII remake all over again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends. I mean, like I said, I'm not. I'm, I'm purely speculating. There hasn't actually been any announcement saying there's more games to come, but I, I can't see why in this day and age, you know. But it, it depends on if it's if it's free because you bought it, then that will really make or break the, the decision behind it, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, thank you, uh, Sean. Right. Have you got any thoughts on this? Do you want to grab yourself a Capcom Home Arcade? I don't. Okay. <laughs> the, the list of games doesn't appeal to me. I'll be honest. Ah, there we go. That's exactly what I was talking about. Just, I mean, for the price and the games on there, it's just. I mean, I'd prefer to get a PlayStation Mini, and even not saying something because they were crap. <laughs> so yeah, it's it just doesn't just didn't do for me. I I I imagine there's people out there that are really going to go nuts over it, and I imagine having. I mean, I wasn't an arcade kid, so I you know I didn't really get the whole thumbstick and you know, three button thing from way back when. So it's not really a, a like marketed towards me. But so and, and the price just there's no way, no way. Fair enough. It does look cool, though, doesn't it? It does. I mean, if you imagine like putting it up on a on a tall table, connecting it to like a, a TV, putting it on a a whiteboard, having like neons going up it, making it look like a real modern arcade machine. Is that just me? I just think it would look cool in the corner. No, no, of the house. it would. It's it's definitely a presentation piece. Yeah, I can imagine it. It, it sat on a coffee table of a a very rich gamer. And all their friends come around and go, oh, what is this? And he goes, oh, have you not seen my Capcom Home Arcade? Behold, the past. <laughs> let, let me show you Alien vs. Predator, ported for the first time. <laughs> oh, you, God, you, you, think, you take Sean to London for one week and he... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sound like, sound like Jim Sterling. Thanks. I'm sorry, I'm going to cut um... out. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go find a bridge. <laughs> terribly offensive. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. Well, that is the Capcom Home Arcade. You can read Greg's full impressions right now up on the website Fingerguns, all one word dot net. Go and check it out. Greg hasn't retweeted it, but whatever. I'm over it. Oh, what? Oh, I thought I had. Sorry. No, you liked it. Oh, my bad. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm over it. Am I? I don't know. I'm still talking about it, so maybe I'm not. Uh, very quickly, Disney Plus have finally announced their UK date. You would have already known this because it happened four days ago. But to us, it's currently brand new news. March the 31st, 2020. Very quickly. Is that too far away from the release in America, which is in five days? Uh, oh, yeah. Sean? So, so very far away. I mean, The Mandalorian um, is going to have spoilers. You know, the fact that this this happens with all you know these US TV shows they go out like week on week. We us in the UK we know exactly what happens on the season finale because it happens before we get episode one. It is it is far away, but I, I guess you know for the future contents at least at least we'll have it. You know so long as Sky don't shaft us. Yeah, it is unfortunate, but yeah, that is the reason. It seems that Sky have got the monopoly over Disney content, 
So they haven't had much of a choice in this regard. Now TV's been decent for Disney for a long time. So they, they had like a Disney channel. Basically, you could go on and they had like a ton of Disney films and Disney TV shows just on demand for as, as part of your Disney, as part of your Now TV subscription. So yeah, could totally get it. But also, I want The Mandalorian. I want With the Soldier. I want all the good stuff. And I want it now. <laughs> well, Falcon has just started shooting. So you got a little bit of a wait for that one. I don't care. I want it now. All right. Okay, God, hurry man. up. For right. God's sake. I'll call Bob Iger. We'll get it sorted out. All right. Don't worry about it. Yes. Okay. Uh, Greg, I know you're not going to subscribe to this, but any thoughts on the uh, release date? No. Cool. All right, then. Let's move on to the quiz answers. Mr. Sean Davies. Are you ready for this? No, I'm not. I'm terrified. <laughs> Okay, Everybody question... dance now. <laughs> um, question one. What is the name of the main protagonist faction in Red Dead Redemption 2? Greg. Handling gang? That is correct. Oh, thank you for that. I thought it was a trick question. <laughs> no, no. The, the Vandaling gang. Or I would have also taken Dutch's boys. Seems though it's like the colloquial term. So if you've got either of those answers, give yourself a tick. Or the Vandaling faction. I'll take I'll take that I'll take, take that because because I called it a faction. All right. All right. <laughs> Question two: What was the name of the 2005 Western-themed video game developed by NeverSoft, in which you played an Apache named Cole White? Roscoe, what have you got for this? Gun. Correct. And it was awesome. It was awesome. It was an awesome game. It was yeah, it was. Okay. Question three: What was the subtitle for the? Fourth and final Call of Juarez game in 2013. Greg? The Gunslinger. Gunslinger is correct. Yes, it was the arcade one, wasn't it? Yeah, where you know, slow down time and it was, yeah, it was yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that being quite good. It came recently came out on the Switch, which is pretty good. Okay, uh, question four complete the name of the Stickman Western game that orig- originally released in 2017. West of. Mm-hmm. Roscoe, what have you got for this? West of Loathing. Correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I put West, Sorry. I put, I put West of Yorkshire. I couldn't think of it. I've never heard of it. West of Yorkshire. Yes, Yorkshire is not the correct answer. Oh, correct. It's West of Loading. Question five. Which long-running Western RPG series is owned by Sony Computer Entertainment and has each installment set on a different version of the planet Phil Gaia? Greg? Wild Arms. Wild Arms is correct. Yes. Question six, what is the name of the first ever Old West-themed video game which also spawned the longest-running game franchise of all time? Roscoe? I don't know. I put down the first Western I ever played, which was a live-action game on this Philips CDI called Mad Dog McGree. Mad Dog McGree. McGree. (laughs) I had had that as a question in this, but then I decided to take it out because the answer was the same as another question. Anyway, Uh... (laughs) so it is the Oregon Trail. Trail, Because that did come up. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, by the way, I did put Oregon Trail. I didn't put Mad Dog McCree. I was disagreeing with Ross. Yeah, fair enough. I, I, you you got to stop like thinking of me as like a police officer. I'm trying to get away from that. I'm trying to make you guys okay, okay? I wouldn't have marked you down for that, Greg. I so would have done. I'm sorry. You would have done that, but that's like one. No, I only did that because Paul, Paul me up on it because I did it to him. And then it, it, it all got out of control, okay? But I didn't give, I didn't give the wrong answer, though. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Okay. 
Question I gave seven. a pretentious answer. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Question seven. Name one of the two Mario games in which you can dress Mario up like a cowboy. Roscoe? Super Mario Odyssey. That is correct. Greg, have you got something uh, yeah, similar? I put, no, I put Odyssey. But I don't know if it was a trick question because it doesn't really dress up, does it? It's a, it's a hat thing, isn't it? No, no, you can pull the full costume on him. Oh, okay, well, I was a guest then and I won that one. Yay. Okay. The other game, the other game was Mario Party Two. Mario Party Two. Uh, yeah, if you if you went to the Western Zone, he would don a full cowboy costume. Question eight: Name the Overwatch character that dressed like a wild dresses like a Wild West cowboy and wields a six shooter revolver. Roscoe, you don't play Overwatch, do you? Are you gonna have I a punt? I don't play Overwatch, but my incorrect answer that you said was a was the wrong answer because it was the answer to a different question. So he's changed <laughs> his answer to the right one now. So I'm so I'm gonna go for McGree. That's correct. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. he's quickly changed his answer after his mad dog McCree from earlier. <laughs> yeah, so the answer is McCree. Uh question nine, which Mortal Kombat character hails from the American Old West and made his in-game debut in Mortal Kombat X? Greg? Aaron Black. Aaron Black is correct. Yeah. Um <laughs> oh, yes. and question ten, which this game created by Oddworld Inhabitants is set in the in an old West inspired setting and stars a bounty hunter. Roscoe? Is it Stranger's Wrath? It is Stranger's Wrath. Yes. Well done. Woo-hoo. Well done, Japs. See, you said that was hard and that was a lot of correct answers. So well done to both of you. So that that was the answer to the quiz. Let's see how you did. Let's start with Ross. How many did you get, dude? Seven. Seven. <gasps> Greg, how I many got nine. Got? You got nine. I got nine. Oh my, my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so a you, secret you, move, you move up to Paul plus two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you beat Roscoe. Ros- Roscoe's current run comes to an end. Yeah. My current run. That was last week. Was the first I'd won in three weeks. No, I thought you'd won two on the trot. Now. Have I? Yeah, you won two on the trot. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, well done. But, yeah, but to be fair, you won like eight on the trot before, so you know, it's about yeah. time. So the next the next quiz is going to be totally Paul-centric. It's all going to be about magic pockets, <laughs> just to get him a win. I want to play Mad Dumber Green now. You don't. It came out was on it? PS4, didn't it? Was it, it on did. Saturn? No, CDI. CD, that's it. 3DO. CDI, oh man. Got like 37% Metacritic or something. It was awful. Yeah, but it was it was cool to play when I was six with a light gun. Yeah, when when you were six, yeah. 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 <laughs> How old oh, are you but, now? Yeah, but Virtual Cop <laughs> used to be cool, and look what happened to that. I played that recently. No, that's true. That's awful. That was the quiz for this week. Uh, thank you very much for playing. If you did play along at home, please let us know what score you got, and we can compare them to these this pair of reprobates. You could have made some sort of Wild West pun then. Vomits. This pair of vomits. <laughs> All right, let's move on. That's. <laughs> He's that only does... moving it on because he lost the quiz. Shh. <laughs> I've got a lot of games to go through right now, so let's just uh, let's crack on. Let's move on then to out this week, and what a freaking week it is! November twelfth sees B Simulator come to Switch, Xbox One, and PS4. Also on November 12th, coming to PS4 and PC, Doctor Who, The Edge of Time. Oh, man, I want to play that so bad, but I haven't got a VR headset. It's terribly, 
devastating. Sean, you have to tell me all about it, please. I'm going to remote play you, so you're just going to have to a remote play on PlayStation Share or whatever it is, and you'll just have to give me instructions on what to do. And I'll <laughs> it'll be like nightmare. Okay. All right. <laughs> God, that sounds horrific. <laughs> Um, November 14th, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition comes to PC. Sparklight is coming to Switch, PC, and PS4, which is exciting, on the 14th. And so is Black Sad Under the Skin, which I'm hearing more and more about as life goes on. They seem to be very much pushing that the last couple of days. So, so just to let exciting. you know, sorry, uh, Black Sad came out this week in Europe because of a bit of a technical issue. So if you're in oh, Europe, you, you can play the game now. Oh, and it's, it, it's apparently pretty cool. Cool. Uh, November 14th, Kingdom Under Fire 2 comes to PC, and so does Paranoia Happiness is Mandatory, which is a great name for a video game, and I hear that's pretty good as well. Uh, November 15th, the uh, Europe, I believe, gets Terminator Resistance, which is coming to PS4, PC, and Xbox One. The US version is delayed, is that right? Yeah, December 13th, is it now? Something like that. But also on the 15th of November, some small game called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is also coming out on PS4, PC, and Xbox One, along with Woven, that game about a little elephant made of wool, which looks very, very sweet. Also on November 15th, there's a lot coming out next week. Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield are coming to Nintendo Switch on the same day as Jedi Fallen Order. That should be interesting. Astroneer also comes out on PS4 on November 15th. And that's your lot. So, I mean, there's a lot to be getting on with next week. So, yeah, Sean, maybe hold off on Death Stranding, because next week it sounds like you're going to be quite busy. Yeah, I might just buy it off Greg when he gives up on it before the final boss. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get it. <laughs> 30 podcasts down the line, he'd be like, I beat the Death Stranding boss! Joke's on you, because there's no fucking enemies in the game. What would be the boss in Death Stranding? Yourself? Just time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Your real level of, of self-importance. The, the law of entropy. <laughs> So there's plenty to get excited about next week. Do not miss any of those games. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all very much indeed for listening to the Finger Guns podcast. Do remember, if you want to follow us everywhere, you can follow us over on Twitter at F-N-G-R-G-N-S, over on Facebook, Finger Guns UK, facebook.com forward slash Finger Guns UK. If you really, really like us, you can follow us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Finger Guns. Type Finger Guns into that search bar. We will be the first one that comes up for $1 a month. You can keep this madness going if you so wish. It would be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much indeed. That would be great. But until then, we're going to leave you until next week. So it's goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Doodles. Goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Also doodles. Goodbye from Katie Davies. You can say goodbye now if you'd like. Bye. (laughs) Guest appearance. I'm so keeping that in. And it's a goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. Thank you very much for listening to the Finger Guns podcast.